0: I am my biggest fan. You know, I look at myself and I can't help but fall in love again and again. And again, I don't like the word fall. I like to say, you know, I rise up again and again with love myself. You know, I am absolutely, unconditionally, deeply, madly in love with, for the person I am. And I, and you, when you're so filled
1: up, you, you can give it to the world. This is episode number 74 of The Inspiring Talk with Amandeep Thind. Welcome guys to The Inspiring Talk. My name is Vijay Gautam. I'm host for this show. Each week, I interview today's most successful and inspiring personalities to help you realize your inner potential. On previous episode of the show, we went deeper into identifying and replacing your limiting thoughts and emotions with more empowering ones. Now, on this episode, I would like to take you deeper into the journey of self-love. Before we talk about self-love, it is important to talk about self-doubt. We all feel it to some extent. Be it the feeling that we cannot achieve that big goal or we are not worthy of love. We all have them. Some of us take that self-doubt and hatred to the extent where we feel that we are no longer wanted in this universe. My guest today, Amandeep Thind, lived with that feeling for over two decades. And at one point of time, that feeling of I am of no use to this universe was so intense that she almost took his life. From that place to today, where Amandip not only has accomplished a lot, but also is absolutely in love with himself. This is the story worth listening to if you'd like to accept yourself and fall in love with who you already are. Now, Amandeep is one of the lead trainers for Tony Robbins Preview Events. He travels across the continents to speak and inspire people. He is also a founder of a company called Immersing Brilliance where he helps people discover brilliance within themselves. He is creator of a powerful training model called Mind Empowering Technology, M-E-T as he calls it. I invited Amal on this show to talk about how he was able to turn the self-hatred he had for himself for so long in his life into self-love. And because of that, he was able to not only do incredible things for himself, but also inspire people around him. Before we dive in, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done already so that you won't miss some of the most amazing conversations that I have on this show. If you are already subscribed, it would mean a lot to me if you could leave your honest review for the show. Now, let's dive in. Guys, I'm here sitting with Aman Tin. Aman, thank you so much. Welcome to the show. Thank you
0: for inviting me. I feel, you know, grateful to be in this space with you right now.
1: So how is Delhi treating you with all the bad quality year? We have kind of adapted to this, but how about you?
0: Well, uh, Delhi has been always one of my favorite city, you know, because this is where I uh, started my career in 2000. I've lived in Delhi for six years. Yeah, having said that, yeah, there's a little challenge today with the rain coming out and the odd even number going on because of the pollution. Mm -hmm. Um, Having said that, I think Delhi has got a lot of resistance power and it will get through it, you know, as in the past, it has got through everything.
1: It's, It's crazy that, you know, people wouldn't even bother about like wearing the mask. I think I'm probably the only guy who was wearing mask on the metro today and I'm like am i from the different planet or <laughs> <laughs>
0: well i'm not i'm those i'm i'm that one of that delhi delhi tier in yeah. the past i
1: would not wear a mask <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so um when i was just trying to recollect what was my probably first interaction or not interaction or like how i came across amandeep and probably it is one of the Autos right with the with the picture saying that Aman defeated Tony Robbins of India and then I started following you. I think it's uh, almost a year back and uh, kind of started following you and your work um, and you have been doing phenomenally well. And when I got to know about your story and I was deeply moved and I'm like I need to get Aman on the show because his story is very very powerful and uh, there is a very powerful strong masses for a lot of listeners out there. So thanks again for making this time out. Um, So I think the good place to start this conversation is uh, by talking about your background. Mm -hmm. Where do you come from? And uh, what was your childhood like? And what did your parents do? So take us back to Calcutta and uh, talk about the early days of your life.
0: Well, now I feel you know that I was very blessed uh, to be born and brought up in Calcutta. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, it's also known as the city of joy because there's a movie based on that. I grew up in the outskirts of Calcutta. You know, we uh, have an airport in Calcutta. I believe it was called dumdum Airport. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it has been changed because some people say it is Netaji Subhas Chandra yeah. Airport. And uh, obviously, a lot has changed you know since I grew up you know in Calcutta. So yeah, me, my parents and my sister, we all used to live in a one room house. Uh, my parents, you know, they're illiterate, they can't read and write. My father would drive an ambassador taxi to fetch a living. And then um, my mom, you know, was and is still a full-time housewife. So growing up in a one-room house you know, in Calcutta, we had a lot of financial difficulties I mean, I share this, you know, sometimes that, uh, there are, there were days in my life when, you know, the chappal pant, you know, the slipper, yeah. if it breaks, right, uh, you cannot buy a new one. I think it was something around 18 rupees or something, mm-hmm. uh, or 15 rupees. I don't remember, but if you repair it, it just takes a rupee or two. Mm. So I'd rather repair it and wear it for two, two, three months uh, rather than buying a new one. Uh, all the clothes I would get, you know, would be second from the neighbors. Uh, it was only Durga Puja when I would get a new pair of clothes. So Durga mm-hmm. Puja is still very special in my heart. Yeah. You know, the, these were my parents' challenges. I really want to mean that because as a kid, I did not have all these concerns of, you know, money and all that stuff. We had food on the floor. We had a one-room house. My father was renting. Food on the floor. Yeah, because we would fl- eat on the floor, you know. There was no furniture inside furniture. the room. We had a mm-hmm. gadda, yeah. rolling mattress, you know. Roll it out and then roll it back in. Yeah. And as a kitchen, we had a shed, you know, in front of the in front of the room. Mm-hmm. And I still remember, you know, taking shower for many years in the local swimming pool, which is not a swimming pool. It's called Pukur in Bengali. Mm-hmm. I won't take a shower now because those green water is not going to do any good to my skin. <laughs> but this is, you know, what my life was about, right? Yeah. And uh, my challenges, I think, you know, were different as a kid. Mm. Uh, I was fat as a child. Mm-hmm. So I became the target of being laughed and teased around by my peer group. And uh, to add to my worries, you know, the biggest challenge. I'm talking about, you know, late 70s. I was i am born 77. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of things have changed in India, but I think still, you know, people can probably relate to this uh, I'm a mixed child. You know my father is Punjabi, very yeah. fair in complexion. Yeah. My mom is Bengali, dark in complexion. Mm-hmm. And you know I'm a fusion of north and east. So <laughs> I grew up with the understanding that uh, I'm not pure enough as a human being. Hmm. You know a uh, lot of people, not a number of people said, you
1: know, ki Punjabi dikhte nahi ho, Punjabi lagte nahi ho. And then that feeling came from your friends or people around you who kept telling you that you don't look like one of us yes
0: you know we had two different uh, groups of kids who would play it just naturally happens there was a kind of a bengali dominated group yeah they would discard me and say you know go and play with your brothers on the other side and then when i went to the non-bengali group or kind of a punjabi dominated group they may allow me because my name says i'm one of them but they will keep discriminating you know and passing comments like you're darker you're fat you're one of them you're not one of us you know so Yeah, I think the acceptance—what a huge problem was—and I had an identity crisis. You know, um, thinking that "Mm, there is something wrong with me as a human being. You know, I should be more pure than what I am. You know, I am a mixed, impure human being. (laughs) Mm. So that was—that's where
1: I started. You know, my journey. And I think that feeling that you are talking about, right? I do not belong, or is there anything wrong with me? And that is fueled sometimes by parents as well. They also tell their kids, like, you or we as a, as a family, we can't, for example, you know, do certain things or we can't afford certain things or we cannot dream big. And I have been told a lot of times by my own parents, like, we cannot dream such big things. That's for the rich people or accomplished people. How can you even dream of that, right? And, and then those are the, some of the things that parents tell and eventually people start believing that, but having that kind of belief that, am I worthy enough? And this is something that I was talking to Shidra as well. The feeling of I'm not enough is is so prominent in a lot of kids. And even I meet a lot of older people who are going through that feeling and they have been living it for, I don't know how many years in their life, right? And you have been through the same situation where you were feeling that. So I would like to talk about how, now you look at those in a while, but before that, I want to understand from you now when you had that feeling as a kid, what are the struggles that you were kind of trying to navigate through as that kid? How how old were you uh, when all this was happening?
0: Well, as far as my memory goes, you know, I can recollect things from, let's say, seven, eight years being old, you know. I also remember, you know, being shifted from a government school to a private English school when I was eight and a half uh, during my third standard. Because my parents figured out, you know, that the next generation like to be be better. Yeah. Their kids need to get educated. Just not in a normal, local Hindi medium school, but uh, English medium school. And I'm sure you understand, you know, and most Asian people listening would know, you know, why we want to send our kids to English medium school. True. Uh, but obviously, you know, when they looked at the earning and saving, they did not have enough money to send both of us. And they took some help, you know, they took some loan and support from others. And uh, I was chosen, you know, to go to Englishman's school because I was three years younger. And the biggest reason, you know, I'm sure you understand, it's a male-dominated society. So I'm not proud of what happened, but I'm glad it happened. And uh, coming back to what you shared, you know, I think I go deeper with this about the conditioning of parents, culture, uh, religion, society, friends, everything, you know, we get boxed up. So yeah, you know, I mean, my father thought if I can do a graduation because he did not study, uh, and if I can take up a job for 30,000 rupees, you know, I will be the most successful person on planet Earth. And I believed in it for many, probably 25, almost to the late 20s of my life until things started shifting for me.
1: I can totally relate to that because till early 20s in my own life, I have kind of lived that because we come from a remote village and... The most successful person is for the village is my uncle who has been to U.S. for his master's and then now he's settled in the U.S. And then that was the dream that I wanted to chase. Like I want to be like my uncle. Mm -hmm. And that's like a huge thing. He's the only guy from I think, I don't know how many villages to go, go to U.S. And like that's a standard that's set for you. And probably my parents saw that is probably the most successful thing that we can probably do in our life. And that was the dream that I was being sold. And I I was kind of believing that, you know, this is something that I want to do in my life as well. I want to go to US and and I have shared this a couple of times on social media, but not on the podcast, probably the first time that I'm uh, talking about this. Like, even when I was doing or, uh, you know, working on my company or, uh, you know, taking on my first job, I had like this huge, huge pressure from my parents to go and study in the US for my master's. Mm-hmm. And then I have taken TOEFL and I was preparing for GRE. And then that's when, and and all of that I was doing just because of the pressure from my parents. By that time, I didn't want to go to US anymore because I wanted to follow different path because I figured out that the path my uncle followed was not something that I want to follow. And that's not going to make me happy. And then there was this huge tussle between me and my dad to trying to kind of me trying to follow my dream. And I wanted to, and I had no idea what I want to do. And that's when I said, okay, I want to start a podcast. What are you talking about? You are saying that you want to start a podcast rather than going to US and like settling down. And I told them all I need is one year. Give me one year. If I can make something out of this, fine. Otherwise I'll leave in your terms. And that's how the whole journey for me started, right? And that's, I think is, with a lot of listeners, other people who are listening to this podcast, where the conditioning and the dreams that your parents probably have seen and think that this is our limit and the limit, that's it. And a lot of people live with that limit, right? I call it an invisible prison. You know, we yeah. go
0: into this invisible prison. It's portable. Wherever we go, we carry it with us. And, uh, you know, then we see our dreams are not happening, you know, because they're outside the box. You know, maybe an app you want to create, maybe, you know, a podcast you want to run. Maybe, you know, you want to do a great furniture business and create some amazing furniture for the world. Or you can, you know, I don't know, you want to go to these Himalayas and create a resort or whatever that is. Because we, we get limited, you know, because of the conditioning we go through. And the challenge, you know, is that if we, if we, if, if we haven't realized, you know, we always are surrounded with mentors in our life. And our first mentors, in most cases, were our parents. True. And in few cases, it could be uncle, auntie, nanny, granny, you know, who brought, brought us up. Uh, but our parents, you know, they gave us unconditional love. Otherwise, we'll probably burn our hand or, you know, uh, fall through the roof and break our head. But at the same time, unknowingly, you know, unknowingly, they gave us their limitations. So what happens, you know, we we project our fear on our kids. And True. that's what happened for you. That's what happened for me, you know, and my father- at times couldn't figure out, you know, that what the hell I'm doing, you know, with the whole the speaking thing. True. Because there have been days in my life, you know, we did I did not have money to even pay the rent and buy, you know, groceries from the shop. So he was like, you're graduated, you know, you speak English, other kids or let's say other boys or girls in your age in, in late 20s, or early 30s, they're doing pretty decent, you know. Why Why the hell and what the hell are you doing? I mean, I don't know what you're really after because he, did, he didn't understand all speaking, motivation. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he knew that I'm probably becoming a lecturer or something and at a different level. So he's like, or maybe my parents, you know, both my mom and dad, like, be yeah. Like, what the hell are you doing? You know, yeah. get a job, get the income coming in steady every month and have a comfortable life. I mean, where are you going with this? True. Yeah, so it has happened, you know, for people... And I think it's only that, you know, you have to persevere like you or me, you know, like Sidra, you mentioned about Sidra for those of you don't know, you know, she's a lovely, great friend. And a wonderful, you know, healer and and trainer and speaker. Go back and check the episode 73. seventy-three. Seventy-three, yeah. Do, do, do check the uh, you yeah. know the, the the episode. She is amazing, she's gifted. So coming back, you know, she's she's got a Pakistani background, you know, origin is from there. We have we have we have you know uh, challenged the odds, you know, which were against us, and then you know, moved forward to be at the place where we are today. Like people say, you know, Amandiv, you're very lucky, man. You travel across the globe, you live in the best of the hotels, you take a couple of holidays in a year. Most days you wake up and spend time with your wife and daughter because you don't have to take the tube, which is we say in London um, and be grumpy you know in the morning yeah <laughs> having said that did it come in one go or one day or a couple of months no it was a work you know for many years of investing um seeding yeah. getting better and moving then you know moving to the next level step by step
1: yeah so um we'll get into the journey and you know try to break that down for people so that um you know they can kind of understand the journey of of a kid in calcutta and whose parents were struggling to send him to english medium school to now traveling across the world but now coming back to you know the thing that we're discussing about feeling that i do not belong to this group right and then and then you you lived with that feeling for probably almost a decade
0: oh i would say two decades minimum
1: yeah two decades almost two decades yeah so what are the kind of things that you are doing to kind of cope up with those feelings during those two decades that, you know, that you had that feeling, I do not belong, or is there something wrong with me? So that I want to, you know, bring a contrast to, to, to you know, people listening to this, like we, what are the kind of things that we do? And and also there is, you, you kind of try to almost take your own life because that feeling was so, so intense for you at one point of time. So, uh, so could you share like, what are the different things that you're, trying to do as a a way to cope up with that feeling at that point of time
0: well uh um maybe i haven't shared this you know um you know when you think that nobody understands you or that you're not the one you know who belongs probably you're the odd one you know among among the group and and the whole bunch there i think you want to find a place to hide you know you want like you know the whole world to collapse and you to perish somewhere you know there have been many days in my life you know when I cried you know like literally cried for hours and hours and all these stupid you know childhood things you know if you drink your tears it gives you some you know some soothness inside the pain yeah. may go lessen up and all that stuff from there you know when i was 16 uh we we did not have a choice maybe you know but my father relocated from calcutta to a very remote village in punjab a lot of people don't know about a district called sangrur in in punjab so we always Say, you know, we are kind of near Ludhiana, which is almost 50 kilometers. But I went to a very remote village when I was 16 years old. So, you know, from getting laughed and teased at when I went to Punjab with these old macho guys who probably spoke a very kind of a rough language, you know, Mm -hmm. the Tate Punjabi language. And they were into farmings. They were a bit more physically stronger than me, maybe a little bit more height, you know, a bit more macho, what do we call it, you know. So they made me feel and look like a complete stranger, you know. Mm. Um, I remember to combat that feeling, that I, I want I want them to accept me, you know. I did stupid things like, you know, I started growing my beards. Hmm. I started wearing a turban uh, to say, hey, I'm one of you. I'm sure, you know, the listeners who are listening can relate to this thing where they have done things, you know, in their life, which is not them, but they did it for the sake of getting accepted by the people around them. I was in the same space, you know. And all these voice which was given to me over a period of 16 years that you're a thick, dull, dumb boy, good for nothing. You cannot make a difference to your life, to your parents' life. Nobody wants you, man, here. You're just a weight, you know. You're, you're a piece of shit on this planet Earth. It became my voice. And I thought, you know what, there is no point living. You know, there's no point being on this planet Earth because I think nobody wants me, you know. Nobody loves me and uh, I'm not enough, you know, to as a human being to do anything in my life. And I watched some Bollywood movies at my neighbor's house when I was in Calcutta. I remember, you know, those Sundays evening when the movies would come out. And I thought the easiest way to commit a suicide is to cut my nerve, you know, in the middle of the night with a blade. And when they wake up in the morning, you know, I'll be gone. You know, I'll be history. There won't be a big scene. And that will be the end of all my pain, all my misery, all my why question to God. But obviously, you know, I couldn't get the strength to do that. I mildly attempted for it. And within a few days, you know, I got... Uh, again, it can be called karma or it can be called luck or it can call it can be called, you know, your openness to things to change. You know, when you cry out loud, so loud, the universe conspires, you know, for you to get there. So I got a letter dropped, you know, from a company. It came from Amway. I don't know how, till this day how they got my name and address. I've got no idea. But thank God to all that marketing strategies, whatever it was, you know, that I got that letter. Uh, I was invited for a Amway talk uh, in Chalander. I traveled 120 kilometers from a village and i went to you know attend Amvis meeting with hope you know that something might change because i saw probably light at the end of the tunnel i saw, i thought you know what somebody may be able to help me a little bit here and i saw dr brach presenting on the, on stage uh, at that time and from there i got introduced to personal development i re, i read think and grow rich and how to stop worrying and start living and my whole world opened up to possibilities
1: hmm. yeah So that's the beginning of your transformation, or at least you trying to understand that my life is of meaning. I can probably turn from this feeling that I have, I'm a piece of shit, I can do nothing in my life, to I can make impact in the world. Yes, definitely, you
0: know, uh, that meeting, Amway meeting and that book opened up my possibilities of becoming something, being somebody discovering myself and thinking you know what that I'm worthy I'm worthy of love I can make changes it doesn't matter what my skin color is what my height is what speak language I speak where I come from it doesn't matter it is within me for me to change my life and so yeah I have not stopped reading learning growing since that day I still go back to training rooms and I sit down as a student to learn from my mentors because I believe I I think, you know, that gave me this belief or this thought that things can be changed. Yeah, Yeah. definitely.
1: Amandeep, now I think almost at his 40s now from that, you know, 7 to 17 or 27 when you were living with all that uh, fear of how or what people might be saying and how can I fit among these people. And today being unapologetically you, who you are. I don't give a damn about like, what you think about me or I don't need to fit. And I think you often feel that because you are still not in India. Now you live in UK and you are not one of those again. But I'm sure you might have kind of figured out a way living through or going through that phase in your life on how one can become unapologetically yourself, which is a very top thing to do, by the way. So how can one get started or is there a way or something that you have learned along the way on how one can accept them the way they are, rather than trying to become someone else.
0: It's a it's a beautiful question, you know. Uh, you have asked, and um, I want the listeners to understand. Obviously, things will start from you. You know, there will be some cry out loud thing inside going on, or there's a voice, you know, which would suggest or say or recommend that you got to change few things. You know, you cannot be doing the same thing and getting the same results. So coming back, you know, I did a program with a guy called Tony Robbins. Uh, You know, he's the world's leading seminar promoting, uh, you know, he's the leading motivational speaker in the world. And during that program, you know, on the third day, I did a process with him. And during that process, I think, you know, he helped me fall in unconditional love for the person I am. And I think I get a beautiful example, you know, by looking at my daughter. And you're right, actually, I'm 41. You know, I'm in my 40s right now, early 40s. So my daughter, she is 21 months old. Uh, her name is Muskan. And uh, I realized, you know, that no matter where she is, no matter what she is wearing, she is beautifully, comfortably herself. She's got no uh, judgments about how she is looking, you know, how she's dressed up. She's always smiling, laughing, you know, doing her own stuff. And this is what we were to begin with, you know. I think the whole thing, you know, of not being pure enough or not fitting into the world, not belonging here may have started for me when I was like around seven or eight. That's where I have the glimpses of it happening. Before that, I was very comfortable being myself. And that's the toughest part you said, you know, for you to become yourself. Yes, I am unapologetic for being who I am. I'm absolutely, you know, comfortable in being the person I am. I think there's a process I did, you know, with Tony, maybe that's where it started, where I realized, you know, that I have, don't have to hold on to the weight, you know, which I was carrying for many years. I just have to go let go of the weight of not being pure enough and be myself, you know. If I am planning to make the whole world happy, I'm on a wrong journey. You know, I would never be able to make everybody happy on this planet Earth. It's beyond my human limitations to do that so coming back you know i think the there's a process we do you know at discover your brilliance one of the three days program we do and again it's not mine you know i keep telling and i put all the flowers together to make my own bouquet um there's a beautiful lady you know who does this process she's no more in the world it's like you know you can take a mirror Mm -hmm. and in the real sense if you can look into the mirror and look at the look at the person who you see on the mirror is the one you got to love the most you know, uh, Vijay, you can't beat me, you know, when it comes to being my fan. Mm-hmm. I am my biggest fan. You know, I look at myself and I can't help but fall in love again and again. And again, I don't like the word fall. I like to say, you know, I rise up again and again with love myself. You know, I am absolutely unconditionally, deeply, madly in love with for the person I am. And, I, and you, when you're so filled up, you, you can give it to the world. So coming back, you know, you can look at this mirror. Some of my students, you know, keep sending me uh, these messages saying, you know what, thank you for giving me that mirror. It's a small piece of mirror I give them during the program. Mm-hmm. They take it back with them, you know, with, with the reminders. It says, I like myself. I love myself. I'm proud of myself. You know, thank you for being me. So these are the lines, you know, you can keep repeating. In the real sense, they could be just mere words yeah. if you don't put any energy and love into it. Or they can become the biggest gift you can ever give when you, when you are going along with the word, with your energy and emotion. And you look at yourself and you say, you know what? I like myself. I love myself. Thank you for being me. You know, I'm proud of you. So that's one of the techniques, you know, I've been using for many years uh, to send myself love. Or you can even do it without the mirror, you know, because all human beings got to understand that we are beautifully designed in the way we are. You know, even for twin brothers and twin sisters, their journey is not same, even from the same family, same home. They have different interests, different passion, different aspirations to go for. So we cannot copy somebody and say, you know what, as you said, uh, my uncle is the is the guy who went to U.S. and became the most successful person as per the village. I got to do the same. Nobody's journey is same. It True. could be similar, yeah. but it's never the same. You know, the no weather forecast is the real weather. No deep designed detailed map can give you the real territory. You have to get into the map, find your own territory, and explore the map to figure out what your life and you know your experiences would be. So coming back, you know, yeah, that's the trick I can give, you know,
1: look at a mirror and say, I love myself. One of the highlights of what you have shared about this technique of looking at the mirror is putting on the energy and emotion on that unless you feel that from within that you truly love yourself uh, and you appreciate for the person that you are probably just saying those words out loud might not help you
0: yeah that's where you start and you know if you graduate to the higher levels you may not even need the words you know you will look at the mirror and you cannot help Keep smiling at yourself because you see, you know, that eight-year-old Amandeep or 10-year-old BJ or, you know, 12-year-old Tony or 15-year-old Sidra, you know, who had dreams and aspirations and you were beautiful in the way you were, you know, you were designed by the, by the, by the source, you know, wherever we came from, like it's the same source, you know, we all, all, it's with the, you know, we've been cut from the same source, it's just different texture with the same cloth, you know, so when God designed you, you know, he had a beautiful plan, you know, for you or, um whoever the person is, you know, her, him, doesn't matter. And now you start judging yourself because you picked up a lot of voices, a lot of programming from the people around you. You know, they uh, they told you maybe there's something is not wrong, your nose, your skin color, maybe your height, you know, maybe your weight, the way you speak. Uh, I don't know. You know, there are so many things people can tell you what is not correct in you. But if you focus on things which are not in your favor, you will. It'll expand. You know, it'll become bigger in your life. But if you say, you know what, I've got a great voice, or I've got a great smile, or maybe you know, in the way my hairs are, they're amazing. If you start focusing on the beauty that God has given you, it'll expand. I think you know, every human being is beautiful in the way they are. Yeah, provided we accept that, and when we expect, accept that, we become more graceful. We have a presence, and people think, you know what, you're very charismatic. You know, oh, you're very inspiring. You're very
1: uh, energetic. I think it's all about being yourself beautiful so now coming back to your journey um you know and then you graduated and you went to uk and again i think your uncle was in uk
0: yes uh, when you were sharing you know i was thinking oh wow okay it's a little similar a little yeah. similar here because in now uh, because of my father's side right from my village it's a huge success if you can go to any western world like australia uk, UK us yeah. And you can have a living there. Uh, you've been recognized as one of the successful person. It is kind of, you know, fading away a little bit right now, uh, which is good for the society because Punjab has this huge culture of sending people to abroad. You Canada. Know? Canada, yeah, yeah, which is changing, which is slightly changing, which is good for the world, you know, and for especially Punjab. So coming back, you know, because one of my uncles served in the British Army, he went to the UK, you know, early uh, 60s, late 50s, I think. And uh, there was a big plan for me to go to because my father couldn't make it because he's the youngest among the brothers because he'd never studied. It was too late, you know, for him to go there. So they had a dream, you know, for me to make that dream fulfilled. And having said that, mm, I think London has given me a lot of great opportunities. But when it was about, when it was my time to go, uh, I couldn't have gone, you know, without the help my cousin gave me. So my cousin uh, had been a great support you know because i think you know, we resonate at a, at a different level He is a guy who likes to do great things for people uh, so he gave me a scholarship you know to come and study in the uk so in 2006 i went to uk you know i went to london for the first time and i crack a joke you know i went i went on a christmas day so if you're looking for cheap international flights
1: <laughs> that's the time
0: <laughs> yeah because i had to pay for my own flight t- ticket you know i couldn't be rude enough to ask my cousins you know that can you you already paid my college fees 5000 pounds can you fa- pay for my flight as well you know i was doing a call center job yeah i was earning like 20000 ish rupees a month and i have to be creative you know to get my own flight ticket and i i i, I remember i flew with 150 pounds in my pocket and i never asked a single penny you know from my cousin for anything and a lot of my uh, peer group students, you know, they were very scared. They they all came with like a couple of thousand, two thousand minimum, you know, two thousand, fifteen hundred pounds to to look after their living, you know, on a regular basis. And they had supply coming in maybe every few months if they were in need. I knew that, you know, I am the only help I have got is me in in this situation. Worst case, I would ask my cousin, but I went with an intention that I'm not going to ask for any single penny, you know, out of out of except for whatever he's already done. So yeah, that's how you know my London dream came true. I went to a place called Newcastle for studies. Yeah, and uh, there's a whole interesting story, you know, how I landed on a marketing campaign for a free book of Tony Robbins, and then I went on to do Tony's event.
1: <laughs> and one of the things that I'm, when I was looking at your journey and you know um, was was trying to study uh, a bit about you, one thing that I have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm quite impressed with your journey, and it is that you were spending a lot in your self-education and that was not because you had enough money to spend on your education okay now my basic needs are fulfilled okay let me explore something let's go to Tony Robbins workshop no that was not the case you were struggling you were like picking all these odd jobs which you may want to talk in a while and then but still you were attending these events after events of personal transformation which talks a lot about the mindset which a lot of people do not have where does that mindset come from
0: i think you know i'm still decoding you know that part of me i think maybe it's a little bit of my mom inside me Uh, she is open to learning you know i have seen that and i think it's one of the uncle you know i had uh, when i used to visit my nanny's home you know I still remember taking two buses, changing them, and going to my nanny's place. Uh, there was an uncle we used to call her Gana Mama. You know, I'm sure I'm sure you understand the term Gana Mama. His nickname probably was Gana, yeah. and we used to call him Mama because he was my Mama's friend. You know, mm-hmm. and he used to tell these amazing stories. You know, to us where probably you know, there were some seeds of growth, learning. I think I, these are the two things, and I can decode on a worldly level where it comes from. So when I got introduced to the book, I. You know, went on to the whole journey of reading, writing and and doing programs. And again, you know, I did a program with a local trainer here in Delhi many years back, you know, called, he used to run a company called Rebirth, Rajesh Agarwal, a motivational speaker. I almost lost my job, you know, I was in a call center in PCL on Mathura Road, mm-hmm. but I still went on with my gut feeling. And I remember, you know, I even fall short of money, you know, but because of the people I met in that group. Uh, there's a guy called Rajiv Nair You know, he's a chartered accountant. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gave me loan without even asking for it. Yeah. You know, so the universe opened up great possibilities for me. I went to Stephen kavi's Seven Habits, you know, of highly effective people in Gurgaon mm-hmm. with 22 delegates. And there were only two people, you know, who came on their own, own expense, own investment. The rest were all delegates from corporate. Mm-hmm. Me and there was a guy called Manjot. You know, he's a corporate trainer. So when I went to UK, uh, I, you know, I kept that, I kept that, you know, uh, uh, openness to learning you know i kept that alive inside me I never let it die and even till this you know i'm open to learning so i was looking you know for a part-time job on gumtree there's a website called gumtree and you know where the classified for jobs are there was a picture of tony flashing up mm-hmm. and it said you know a free book from tony robbins I- i'm sure you know you you won't take yeah. me wrong here because we love free stuff <laughs> so i clicked you know yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. i already had one book of tony before that yeah. recommended by somebody you know here in delhi which yeah. i read Awake in the giant within And then I was curious, you know, that I I would like to know more about this guy. Tony kind of already became a virtual teacher for me. So they posted me a book. And after a few days, I got a call from their office. And they said, you know, why don't you come and attend a live event with the man himself? And I knew the value of it. And I knew it can change my life. And then, you know, I also knew that I'm still looking for a part-time job, like proper job. I couldn't get a job, you know, for the first few weeks because... They speak in a in a typical accent, which is called the Jody accent in mm-hmm. Newcastle. Now, if you go to different parts of the UK, you know, they have their own unique accent. Like Scottish people have Scottish accent, Irish people have Irish accent. So Jody accent is quite different than what we have known, you know, and heard, like in Queen English we call it, like right? neutral accent. Yeah. My accent was pretty decent because of my call center background. They helped me improve it because I remember, you know, just a very simple example. Uh, my my trainer, you know, my voice and accent trainer, Meghna Bedi, worked on me. Mm-hmm. And she locked me one day in a room because I couldn't say license. Mm-hmm. You know, my license used to be license. Uh, because it's Punjab, right? Yeah, I came yeah, from yeah. Punjab, so it's not Canada, it's Canada, Canada. It, It's, it's, yeah, not, yeah, it's yeah. not America, it's America. Mm. So my, my license was not coming out. And she said, you know, Sardar, till the time you don't pronounce <laughs> its license, you're not coming out of that room, you know. So I was stuck there for a few hours before I got it right. So, coming back, you know, my accent was pretty okay in terms of neutral, but I couldn't pick up the Jody accent. So, I would keep the phone down. You know, mm-hmm. seriously, I was so, you know, um, horrified, let's say, or so stressed up or so nervous. I was thinking, you know, did I really learn English? You know, you know, I probably have to improve my English a bit more. So, all I could get, you know, is, is first, I couldn't get a job. Yeah, And I was against that I would ask my cousin even for a single penny mm-hmm. to, you know, to provide for my living, you know. I knew that I have to really make it on my own, except for the fee he has paid, I have to take care of myself. So the rent, the groceries would need to come out from my own pocket. So all I could get, you know, is factory jobs where you put these, you know, uh, you know, like there's a big Tesco factory there. Mm-hmm. You have to take these, uh, you know, rollers. These are like, you know, you lift those plat- platers up, the wooden platers, you bring them to one section, you, you know, you segregate. This is going to, let's say, Yorkshire. This is going to Glasgow. This is going to, you know. Those are labor kind of jobs, you know, and it's pretty heavy on you. There are occasions, you know, I would just hide for a few moments to breathe because I've not done much labor, you know, back like home here in India. I was doing a call center job. So couldn't you get a job in the first few weeks? Whatever I could get was a labor job or security job. You, f- you stand in front of a Tesco in the middle of the night, that's shipped which nobody wants to take, but you're a new immigrant, you know, so you will take that ship like it starts uh, 10 in the night, probably finishes, you know, I don't know, 4 a.m. in the morning and they pay you basic wages. So coming back, you know, to your question, that's that's where I was, you know. So I knew that if I carried on doing this, you know, it's not going to help me out. And there are few things in me which can be improved and changed, you know, as per the new environment. So when that opportunity came and the guy said, you know, why don't you come and attend Tony's live event? I knew, you know, that going to that event will give me the skills which I'm lacking right now. It will give me the confidence, you know, which I'm lacking in this country. I have to reinvent again, you know. Uh, to a certain level. Because in my call center career, I was doing pretty decent. I became a process manager. You know, that's the level I reached. People Mm -hmm. started respecting me. I was, I had a name, you know, in my call center career. It was Arthur, Arthur Ashford. Mm -hmm. So people knew me, you know, as Arthur. You know, a lot of people will say, if you want to get a great manager, uh, get Arthur, you know, he's pretty good with his team. Mm -hmm. So coming back, you know, when the guy said, okay, it's 600 pounds. And I was like, oh, hang on. Mm -hmm. Sorry, did you say 600 pounds? And he said, yeah. And I told him, see, I'm a student, I'm a new immigrant in the country, I haven't really got a proper job, I want to come, you know, you tell me how I can make this happen, I really want to come, I want to see him live, and I I can pay, but I cannot pay right now. So he understood my situation, you know, he's a student, he he probably sensed my, you know, my genuine voice. He said, okay, you know, let me do something for you, I'll give you a payment plan, that's the best I can do, you know. So I paid 120 pounds per week. Yeah. I was making maybe 200ish pounds you know as a part-time job mm-hmm. uh, and I paid over 5 weeks. I still have those statements in which I showed during my training. Yeah. And I went to Tony's event you know in 2007 uh, in July. There were 11,000 people you know mm. in a, in a hall together. I mean, I've done Stephen Covey here uh, with 22 people. I've done Art of Living with Rajesh. I've done a couple of other trainings with like maximum 100 people. Mm -hmm. I have not seen, you know, 11,000 people from maybe 20 different countries come together. And, you know, there I did not feel any difference. They treated me as equal. I was never like, oh, I'm an Indian. Do I really speak proper English? At times I couldn't understand what people were saying. You know, they had different accent from different uh, wherever they came from. They hugged me. They kissed me. You know, they lifted me up. And I said, wow, you know, this something like this exists on planet Earth. Yeah. So I had a lot of breakthroughs, you know, going to Tony's program. And I sometimes reflect back and I think, you know, what, Amandeep? You are playing on margins.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I had thoughts to say, you know what, post let's postpone this because this is really getting tough. Yeah. You know. If I did not do Tony, you know, UPW in two thousand seven, yeah, would I would my life would be like this at this stage? I don't think so. No. Probably it would be different than what I am right now. I think, you know, investing in in, in yourself is the biggest gift you can give yourself. Even now, you know, just a few months back, I did a program called FIT, Fire Instructor Training, with uh, Toli Burkan's organization. Toli Burkan is the guy who taught Tony to do firework 40 years back. Hmm. He doesn't train anymore because he's 87. His... Lead trainers, you know, and uh, Kevin teaches that. So I was, you know, in that room a few months back to do firework in the right way. Mm. And that's why, you know, now I can bring firework to my students. I've seen it many times, True. but I'm not fully equipped, you know, like 100% to run it for my students. So I had to go through the proper official, uh, you know, training. Yeah. And that's the reason, you know, this Saturday, I'm doing a firework with my students, you know, in at my event at Success Mastery. So learning, you know, and growing has been one of the best gifts uh, God has given me, and I'm still decoding completely. But I think maybe it's a bit of my mom, a bit of my uncle, and a bit of my situation of life, you know. And the more results I got, the better I became in learning.
1: Yeah, and I think it uh, also has got to do with the mindset. And a lot of people see their learning or the investment that they make on learning as a as an expense, not is investment on in the future True. and how you, you know, truly said about, you know, the example of fire training, right? You went there, you invested on in it. Now you are teaching it to other people. And yeah, you want to say something? Yeah,
0: right? you know, see, I'll tell you honestly, okay? I paid 1,500 pounds for fit. I was taken back, you know, with that program. I couldn't believe that this program is 1,500 pounds because I have done trainings you know, where I have paid 11,000 pounds. I can name it. I don't mind, you know, making the stage. I paid 11,000 pounds. It's a great program, let's say, you know, in its own rights, well, these guys are charging 1500 pounds for a, for a firework instructor training where they teach you everything from arrow breaking to board breaking to walking on the glass, you name it. Okay. Then I did a program in Lucknow for a multi-level marketing company there in Water. You know, the amount they paid me for that program for a day program, and I did the arrow breaking with them at the end. It paid off my, my, you know, my investment in one go, yeah. in one go. Can you believe it? And everything I'm going to reap after this, you know, this is my first firework for my, you know, uh, this uh, Success Mastery. Yeah, I'm going places with this. You know, there's already a lot of buzz I can sense and feel, you know, True. with the way people are approaching and looking at my program, you know, with me bringing firework. Yeah. I can only see this getting better. And the money is there. You know, see, we are very smart people, Vijay, right? We're all smart people. You know, we know how to invest. You know, True. if you can put something, let's say a lakh rupee somewhere and you can double it in 12 months or 18 months time or m- in two years time most people would say you know what i'm going
1: for it true but that's not the case with learning and i think that's the kind of mindset shift a lot of people needs to understand because yeah and this is the minimum i'm talking about you true know? like
0: if doubling your income or let's say investment i in have one seen year. 10
1: acts with the events that i have 10, attended i have myself. made yeah. 100
0: maybe yeah. thousand times in at times when yeah. i like i did a program with joel bauer mm. um, almost two years back he, clo- he changed my closing rate. You know, people don't understand closing rate. You know, it's called like platform selling. When you sell from stage, yeah. you've got an audience in front of you and you want to bring them somewhere, you know, to an advanced level program or a call to action at the end. And you don't know how to do that. It's an art, you know, it can be learned. It's it's a skill. It's transferable. It's learnable. So I went to the best. I went to my teachers, teachers, you know, when I realized that I've learned from my teachers, they were great. But now I need to go to the next level. You know, I did Joel's program. I went to um, U- um, London. I did a preview. You know, Veronica Tan, who's the owner of Success Resources, yeah. she was in the room. They were gifted a room, you know, by some company, some hotel. Say, so, you know what? You've used us many times. We'll give to you a hall for a few hours. Mm. Just use it complimentary. They put our event last minute. They got like 200 people in the room. I closed 20% of the room, you know, and uh, everybody was like... Ooh you have changed, you know, like what was that? You know, we have never seen you present that. I was doing pretty decent before that, like 10, 12%. But after that Joel's program, you know, like in, in one go, I made the $5,000 I invested with him and more in one go, you know, like in three hours. Can you imagine, you know, the investment can reap so much of benefits if we understand that it will take us to the nev- that level. I'm sorry, you know, I get passionate about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I still see a lot of Indians. But see, I'm an Indian too. Yeah. And I tell that to my team. You know, there are there are a bunch of people like you and me, who are crazy, who are at- aspiring, who are passionate. If you want to go to the next level, right, and if you can find a person who can help you to give you, you know, those skills or take you to the next level, then you must invest because you are a 100%. smart investor. True. You're investing whatever, let's say seven hundred dollars or thousand, with you for running podcasts, They can make minimum double, yeah, and you can just keep multiplying. After absolutely,
1: that. absolutely. Let's let's not understand it the wrong way because I also meet a lot of people who keep hopping from events to events to events. Like, sorry, we call them seminar junkies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I yeah. mean, like they keep going to events after events, but there is no action. So what also people need to understand while we are talking that, you know, investing on your self-development or your education is important, but execution is equally important. Yeah.
0: And I also want to say, you know, uh, stop hopping from free events to free events to free events. See, if somebody is giving you a complimentary event, they cannot run it forever on charity. Either they have a different kind of background or a a back-end product which helps them, you know, in the long run which doesn't, it doesn't mean that they're selling a course to you straight away, but they do some other business, which is getting promoted indirectly through them speaking in front of you free of charge. Or if you keep going to these teasers, you know, you're not getting the depth. Absolutely. With the, with the trainer. If you want to make somebody a mentor or teacher, you've got to spend some close proximity time with them. Tony says, you know, proximity is power. It is. If you spend, let's say three, four days with me, you know, I take you deeper. I give, I'm giving you my life's work, you know, in three four days, that's worth millions. Absolutely. On a worldly level, we say, you know what? I know I can't charge millions because I spend maybe hundred thousand pounds minimum in, you know, training fee. Apart from the flights, the stay, and all the income I had to get let go of because I could have made that on those dates. That's you know makes it two hundred thousand pounds plus. And you want all that in three four days, and you're not willing to pay? Let's say, you know, worst case, I don't know, fifty thousand rupees or one lakh rupees. You're not able to see the value. You know, that's your challenge, my friend. It's not my challenge because if you invest in my understanding with the right mentors, you can reap a lot of results and you have to go deeper. No matter, doesn't matter who you resonate with, find somebody and say, you know what? I resonate with this guy. You know, I, I or this, this, this lady, you know, whatever she's sharing with me, she's empowering me to take my life to the next level. So I'm going to go and, you know, follow her
1: and go deeper, you know, with her to the next level. And that's another important point, like finding mentors. And when I ask a lot of people on this podcast saying, what are the three things that you regret the most? And the most common answers that I get from people is, I wish I had my mentor early in my life so that I could have saved all of that time, resource, and energy rather than trying to figure out the things myself. Because if someone is out there who have already walked down that path, then why not just you know, take their help and so that, so that they can take you from A to B Sure, you can figure out the way from A to B yourself, but you probably might take like five years, which your mentor can help you do it in maybe 12 months. Right? Yeah, they can.
0: See, first, for most people, they won't be able to figure it out. That's for sure. Okay. Because they have been thinking that for the last 10, 15, 10, 15, 20 years, and then yet not been able to figure it out. I'm sorry, but people like to live in denial. Mm. If you are in denial, God bless you. Okay. You can show the people everything is okay on the surface level but you are effed up inside. You know, where you are all alone on a Spain, in a beach on Spain, you take a great picture with your smile, you put it out on Facebook and you go into your room and you cry mm. because there's nobody in your life, okay? So most people, they won't be able to figure it out. They think and hope that they will. For some of them, as You said they may be able to figure out, but it might take you five, seven, ten years to figure out why do so much of hard work when you have a mentor who can cut short your journey by, let's say, at least a couple of years, yeah, and probably give you better results. Then why would you not go with that person? Because we want quick success, true, it's not overnight, yeah. You have to put the work, you have to make the moves. It might take a couple of months to maybe maximum two, three years, but that's what a mentor would do, you know. And then, you know, people say. See, your mentors would also uh, evolve. You can't be doing with one mentor. Like, you know, Virat, right? Had a, had a mentor called, I think, Rajan Sharma when mm-hmm. he started.
1: Yeah,
0: I think you can probably now list 10 coaches he's got over a period of, let's say, whatever, you know, his career of 14, 15 years. They're all his mentors. You cannot say, you know what, Rajan was not his mentor. He was at that level when he was probably 14, 15 True. Now he's got other mentors, right? So the, you will you will have different mentors as you go along on this journey and they will be taking you to the next level.
1: Yeah. The whole idea is just to get to another level and find someone else who can take you to whole new level. Yeah,
0: and I wish, you know, sometimes yeah. that I met some of my mentors before than what I met them. Absolutely. Because I know what they could have done with me. Yeah. But again, you know, coming back, we are from the eastern part of the world, we understand karma. Yeah. We have to have expect acceptance <laughs> and things happen for the right time and for
1: the right reason at the right time. Share with us about how sitting on that chair of UPW along with eleven thousand other people to now doing previews for t- Tony's event. So walk us through that journey, how the whole thing shaped up for you, how you became part of Tony's uh, training team.
0: I think, you know, we all have heard about uh, Law of Attraction. Uh, people may have read the book or seen the movie, The Secret, and it really plays a part, you know, in your in your life. Um, I think, you know, there's one of the dialogues of Shah Rukh Khan's, that, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know, you can help me with this, ki, uh, yeah. I think I'm pretty much close. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what one of my dreams, you know, was in the past to become a great Bollywood star. <laughs> yeah. and, then the, and then the wrong mentors came, you know, and I started shrinking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I did UPW and then I went on to this whole journey of researching how to become a great speaker and trainer you know what are the best courses on planet earth you know which has got great reviews great student you know results and they can help you go to the next level so on that journey you know i started going into trainings you know one after another i was pretty intense i will say in the first few years so i did coaching academy and i did you know life coaching from cambridge university i did nlp i did eft and i did hypnosis and um, i crafted you know myself to be at that level and then in 2009 i did a youth program in chandigarh with that meant that that trainer friend I met at Stephen Covey, Manjot. Mm In 2011, you know, I put a public event uh, with another trainer friend for the 30 people came out of that 30, you know, almost like 23 people were our own people. They knew us from uh, like this community of training, just came to help and support, you know. So I joined Success Resources. I'll be honest, you know, I was really going through a bad phase. I was this coach who was helping people at my own level, at my own rights, but I didn't have money to pay for the rent. I was a broke coach. I'm sure you know you may have yeah. seen some of them, and maybe we also go through that journey. You know, yeah. if you are there, it's not a problem. But if you stay there forever, that's really your problem because you're not working to go to the next level to earn, learn the business side of it. So in 2012, I joined Success Resources. I still remember it was 5th of February when I really had to join, and nobody knew the, my reality that I needed them badly than what they thought. They thought I'm coming as a favor to support them. Because they've seen me accruing and I could do different roles. I had a great energy. And I was a people person. I could interact. I couldn't close because I've done call center closing. And they saw, you know what? This is a great asset for the company. So they requested me literally, you know, would you be okay? Like in a Mm. soft tone to join and help us. Yeah. And I'm like thinking inside, you don't know, I need really bad badly (laughs) need that salary end of the month. (laughs) Because I I've already got three months to rent to pay. If I go over another month, you know, they'll throw me out of this house. Yeah. So Uh, The moment I joined, you know, we had a couple of previews. You know, very quickly, previews are like Tony's teasers. Mm -hmm. It's called UPW Preview Workshop. It is a couple of hours. We teach about Tony's teachings in our own style. And then at the end, we promote his main event, UPW. So Richard Tan, who is the owner of Success Resources, was doing two sessions. You know, the, the format has been that for many years it was two sessions, but now we're changing. We're doing only one session because it just works better. So one is morning session and one is like a late afternoon session, th- three to six. So we, I went as a part of the staff, newly joined staff, obviously have a lot of experience of as a client and as a crew member. So we went to Glasgow, we we did two sessions. I introduced Richard because I had you know public speaking skills. I've done one workshop before this with 30 people. So they knew that I can handle an you know, audience. So I introduced him and then we came to London. So the next Saturday, next weekend, it was probably the uh, second Saturday of February. We were doing two sessions in London and Richard Tan had some last minute change, like like last minute, like few hours, like the night before. He had to reach Singapore for a different meeting, which is much more important than doing a preview. So the priorities change now. Yeah. So now they're ringing up, you know, all these different trainers, you know, uh, and asking them, can you come and run this preview for us? Because Richard has to leave by m- afternoon lunchtime after doing first session, worst case. They're first looking for two sessions, you know, if somebody can come and take over the whole day. Worst case, somebody can come by lunchtime to do the second session so that he can go to Heathrow and take his flight to Singapore to be there early morning to meet somebody influential for a big event, you know, which has got massive thousands of people coming in. Now, for most trainers, you know, it's their dream to go up on Success Resources stage and say, you know what? I have been a lead trainer, even for once, maybe, for yeah. Success Resources, because it's the world's leading seminar promoting company. I'm sure, you know, True. you're yeah, aware yeah. of it. But the Western world people have diary, you know, most of them. Yeah, yeah They're not like Asians, you know, last minute. So they have things booked up. Yeah. And maybe many of them are not already in the city, whoever mm. they called up. Probably they're in Spain. They are having a holiday with their family in Scotland somewhere, or worst case, you know, they already have some lined up programs for themselves, like a webinar or or training. Yeah. They can't come. They're like, we would love to come. You know, this is like dream coming true. Yeah. But we cannot cancel that event or this family commitment. And they want to say sorry you yeah. know? because they don't want to keep they want to keep the chances alive for future. But they cannot, even if they want to, you know. Yeah. So now the situation like there is no trainer. Mm. And then there's a there's a, there's a there's a lady, you know, I'm very grateful to her. Her name is Nikki, Nikki mm-hmm. Chang. She was the manager, you know, for the UK office for a few years. And she knew that Amandeep has done one workshop and he's pretty much passionate about speaking. And that's the only reason he's joined Sisters Resources. I was very clear mm-hmm. that I'm joining the office because I want to learn the whole, you know, the behind scenes of doing events. Yeah. Because I want to do my own events one day. True. So they looked at me and they said, um, Amandeep... Um, why don't you do the second session? Um, we heard you can speak. You did one program and uh, we will help you, support you. Give a, you know, We'll give you a bit of a guidance and slides and why don't you step up and run the program? And because of my mentoring and coaching from the past, because I have seen my mentors go through the, that kind of situations where they were all of a sudden picked up and they said yes. Hmm. So the, the obvious answer came out because of my conditioning. I said, of course, yes. With Bring the voice, yeah, yeah, with the voice inside going me, Amandi, what the hell I gonna do? Yeah. You know, what are you gonna speak on? Because yeah. you've never done UPW preview. You've done one event called Attitude to Gratitude. Yeah. And that was all from notes and a lot of support. And 23 people in the room, you knew them already. Yeah. They were just looking at you and their familiar faces and they're there to support you. Mm. But because of all the mentoring and coaching, I said yes. And within a few hours of whatever you know, guidance they gave us. They, they, they told me to follow a system, a process, which I couldn't follow because, you know, when you're not yourself, yeah. you struggle. True. And then I was struggling in you know, the first 15, 20 minutes. I still remember my legs pretty much were shaking. Mm. And, you know, to make it worse, Veronica was in the room. Uh, Rich and Tan, in, in you know, introduced me mm-hmm. and left the room because he had a flight to catch. I still remember he couldn't pronounce my name correctly. He uh, said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Amr Deep. Mm. Amr Deep. Yeah. You know, he speaks in a, in yeah. a Singaporean accent, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So he left, Veronica's in the room, I my legs are shaking, I want to get some water, and the whole water falls over. Oh. It fills the table, you know. And people can see through that this guy is not the right guy who's supposed to speak. Yeah, Maybe they have something going on here. Mm. And then a voice came inside me, you know, probably, yeah. I don't know, it's God's voice or whatever no. you call it, you know. I said, you know what, it can't get worse than this. I said, you know what, inside me, F it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it my style. Because this is not working out. This is not me. I'm not Richard Tan. I cannot follow his slides. I will do my bits, you know. Then I went on to be myself. And from there, the situation changed. Maybe a couple of people left, you know. By the time they figured out this is not valuable. But some stayed back, most of them. They gave me the opportunity. I came with my passion. I shared my story. I went with all the learnings I had, which has helped me. The three hours program finished within one hour, 40 minutes. Ooh, because I did not know how to fill up, massage, yeah. all that, repeat, yeah. you know, high fives. I just kept speaking. And at the end, when the sales came, because maybe naturally who I am, my energy went a bit higher. Yeah, And we closed in pretty much 10% of the room. We got 12 sales with 130 people. Mm-hmm. And Veronica said, you know what? You were pretty good with the time you were given. And especially when you did the sales, something happened. Your energy really went up. If you can do this on a short notice, we believe that you can do better if we give you more time. And that's how I started, you know, on the platform of Tony. Never looked back. They used to give me all the slots which other trainers may not be able to fill in, smaller group. And then time came, you know what, other trainers had problem because they said, who this guy is, man, you know, this new kid in the block. Mm -hmm. He's taking all our previews away because they started giving me more previews. They said, you know what, give most all the important previews to Amandeep. What I was left out is for the other trainers. (laughs) So the other trainers thought, you know, who this guy is. You He used to introduce us, now he's leading it having said that, you know, I kept on working on my craft and it just no. got better and better and better.
1: It reminds me of two things. One is what Richard Branson said, when there is some opportunity coming your way, and if you don't know what the hell am I going to do about it, just say yes and figure it out later. Exactly. Absolutely. That's exactly what you have done and which is a great message there. And another thing, another incident, uh, you know, that was playing in my head when you, you, you were sharing the whole story about the you know, trainer dropping off was the story of Les Brown, how Les Brown got his breakthrough was pretty much of that, you know, he was trying to fill as a radio jockey or, you know, the, the story that he shared a lot of times. So I think there's a there's a powerful message out there for people to be open for the opportunities and just say yes and like bring it on.
0: Yeah, you know, see, I, again, there's a lot of stories we can share, you know, to show people that there has been a really uh, work which has gone into you know in the behind the scenes you know Clinton Swain we spoke about it he's, yeah. my, he's my mentor you know he taught me speaking on stage he had a he had a visa situation because the American came into UK with the wrong visa let's say mm-hmm. so he was sent back yeah. from, from the immigration and the first person he called up, you know, I was a staff, like just a crew member supporting him on that play to win program. And he said, you know what, Amandeep, I believe in you. I think you can run the program, you know, as a trainer. Do you think you can do it? Because of his belief in me. And I said, of course, yes. So I I was running play to win with along alongside another three trainers, three days program, you know. And I was the only trainer out of the four trainers who got a standing ovation on the third day doing a chunk, you know, which is about beliefs. Wow. So that's another story, you know, mm. where you have to step up. Because you are a crew member supporting, and yeah. all of a sudden now you know, like you know, that you are leading it as a mm-hmm. trainer. So when the opportunities comes, grab them and then figure out how you're going to make it make it happen.
1: <laughs> Super. So um, taking forward on the you know uh, on the stage now you have spoken across the globe and a lot of stages with a lot of audience on it. So take us behind the scene or maybe share with us some of the rituals that you follow before you jump on the stage what what are some of those things that you do on the backstage to make sure that your legs are not shaking or maybe that water glass is not spilling over your table
0: well for many years you know i followed tony's technique of getting into peak state which is jumping up and down you know and i would pump my you know my chest to you know get the adrenaline rushing through me having said that i think i have crossed past that stage now you know uh, stage is no more a challenge it's like a second home for me you know i love being on stage um, but there are still few rituals I do. And again, this is not a religious belief. It's just that I have my own discoveries. I, I obviously you know, write things in capital and I write the mantra, which I believe personally, that is the most strongest vibrations you can come across. So I write in capital, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. And then I write like I love myself and I write, my, I write that I am the best in the world. And I obviously ask for guidance from the angel or Krishna or Allah or Vaiguru. And I tell them, you know, make me a reason uh, and flow through me to inspire the people in the room. So these are some of the talks I do with myself. I write down a few things. I tap into music, um, you know, my own music. I, I play Bhangra, you know. So if anybody listens to my music, I'm about to go up on Tony's stage in, in Brussels. Or I'm in, you know, uh, Bucharest. Or, you know, I'm in Berlin somewhere. And it's playing, the the Dasanji the is playing, you know, in my <laughs> in my phone, you know. Yeah, you go so, on. yeah, I'm feeling good about going up on stage. And maybe I'm telling myself, you know, I'm better than Tony Robbins. <laughs> something on those lines. Yeah. And then when they announce my name, I just run. And I know that I'm here for a reason. And I was destined to be here and spend my time with these guys. So, these are thoughts you know, running through my mind. I'm just saying, you know what, I will leave them better than what I found them today. And then whether they're coming to the Tony's event doesn't matter, you know, anymore. It's just all about touching them in a special way that when they go home, it triggers their thoughts to make some changes in their life. That's all I'm thinking about. These are the rituals I have. Apart from that, I do Vipassana, you mm-hmm. know. So before I come to the main hall, I meditate, I do uh, Sapka Mangal, you mm-hmm. know, uh, I, I listen to uh recording, which is about uh, sending blessings to everything because we're all connected to trees, to planet Earth, to the room which is holding me, to the suit which I'm wearing, you know, it's all holding me to my shoes, to my heart, lungs, everything, you know, so yeah, these are like some hoo-ha stuff for people listening, but nah. that's what I do, you know, meditate, uh, send love to everything, receive love and go into the room and get more present by writing in capitals, listen to some great music and go up on the stage with The only objective is to focus on the people in front of me and give them love. What's your number one tips
1: or let's say public speaking tips for people listening to this who probably are looking at, you know, doing public speaking or who are already doing a little bit here and there, but would like to improve on that. Like if you have to just say one of the biggest, um, you know, tip or let's say, you know, learning that you have had.
0: My biggest learning, I I already touched upon this, you know, during public speaking mastery. I'm going a bit deeper with this, you know, I will elaborate. I think, you know, if it it is in my power, I'll make vipassana mandatory for every trainer. Uh, Speaking is all about becoming present. It's, you know, when we speak, we breathe out and breathe in. Mm. So speaking is breathing. If you hold your hand, you know, next to your mouth when you're speaking. I'm not sorry. I won't do this because of your recording. Yeah, yeah. So you can see, you know, the air is pumping in and out. Yeah. So speaking is breathing. Mm. Is becoming present. And uh, the only thing I would say, you know, you can take everything away. You know, the whole template, the whole enrolling question, demand a response, state changer, all that stuff, the music, the lighting. The biggest thing you got to have as a speaker or a trainer is presence. You know, be in the moment for the moment. If you take the presence away, everything will be doomed. You can do all the great things people have taught you and still not be so effective as a trainer. So I would say, you know, presence, you know, be in the moment. And see, we all speak, Vijay, you know, we all speak. It's only when we go in front of people, we become conscious. Mm -hmm. So we can stay who we are, even on stage, and let people see through the beauty you have inside you, it will come, I think, you know, a lot by being present. So it's your presence, you know. Be in the room with the people in that moment. Let go of every other thought, every other work, every other thing, You know, every other commitment, every other worry maybe, and just flow, you know, in that moment with your audience and have a great time. So presence, my friend, biggest.
1: What's the one achievement of yours that you are most proud of today?
0: Well, I... I believe that this is, again, you know, some of my trainer friends, they call me, and especially Sidra. Yeah. Uh, She's the one who started this. Uh, Again, you know, Tony taught me to be who who I am. You know, he taught me to love myself for the person I am. But then you can't help but, you know, get branded, you know, with names. So I think one of the biggest achievements, you know, is uh, to be called as the Indian version of Tony Robbins. I think it's a huge honor. It's a huge, huge honor, you know, for a taxi driver's son. Uh, to have that kind of tagline. You know, people say, oh, you are the Indian version of Tony Robbins. And then put my name you know, next side with people like Success Resources, a company like Success Resources, and um, Tony Robbins, Les Brown, you know, Joel Bauer, T. Harbaker, Dan Locke. You know, these have been some of my mentors. I've shared the stage with these people. It's been a phenomenal journey. You know, I think, yeah, that's the that's the most proud moment, you know, for a taxi driver and just driver's son to say, you know what? I work alongside with Tony, and I'm a business partner for Success Resources. It's an immense, immense achievement.
1: Now it's time for the enlightening round. Are you excited for this one?
0: Oh, yeah, of course. Why not? Bring it on.
1: (laughs) So you have been inspiring a lot of people talking across the globe and changing lives of the people. What inspires you to do everything that you do?
0: I think what inspires me is my pain, is my struggle, you know, to be myself my biggest why is to reach out to every single Amandeep in whatever form and shape, in whatever country they are in, and, you know, shake them up and give them NLP, EFT, hypnosis, games, simulation, exercises, empowerment, motivation, whatever you name it, right? Put them all inside their head and say, you know what? You can be and do whatever you want to do, you know? So that's my biggest inspiration, you know, that my pain of what I felt, I don't want others to feel, you know, about about that pain and become whoever they want to be, you know? make them see possibility in life
1: which one daily habit of yours do you think has been game changer for you in your success journey
0: vijay i think you know this i learned now that this is a technique i still don't know how it came you know inside me um my biggest strength in you know would be gratitude uh, in our language you know we call it Shukrana. you know i am I've been grateful, you know, in my life about many, many things. You know, I still remember almost 20 years back, maybe, you know, or maybe 15 years back when I went to the first nightclub in my life and I saw people, you know, spending so much of money in one go. I sat there, you know, I said, you know, I'm very grateful for my life, you know, and everything around me. It is such a blessing uh, to be able to come from that humble background and, you know, experience life in a different way. So, yeah, coming back, I think, you know, gratitude is one of the biggest gift I've got from God.
1: Could you share a book or two that has influenced you the most in your life? You have shared about the two books that, you know, where your whole personal transformation journey started from, but are there any book that has influenced you in the recent past?
0: Well, the two books, which, which comes in my mind, you know, one is the Breakthrough Experience uh, from Dr. John D. Martini. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, I am a little deeper person, so, uh, um, there's this book, you know, a lady wrote from Mumbai who lost her two son. Um If I'm not wrong, you know, it's something called the law of the spirit world. Yeah, She talks about souls and all that stuff. And on the same lines, you know, I know you asked for two, but it's on the same line as many lives, many masters. You know, so I know I have lived a few lives before. Yeah. And uh, I don't plan to come back, but I don't
1: know. <laughs> so, I mean, if you have to start this Success journey all over again. What are those three things that you think you would have done differently?
0: I, I would suggest, you know, I think I I think that I would have started the personal development journey earlier, probably at 12. Would have done Tony by 16. Would have done Joel Barber by 20. Would have done Dynalog by 21. And the fire instructor training by 22. And uh, I'm, I, I'm done. You know, like I was sitting with my team the other day after the event. And I said, uh, if you had a genie and you could have one wish, you know, we fulfilled what that would be. Yeah, they came up with their cars and houses. I understand. I said, you know what? I would like to be 20 years younger and have the same wisdom I have now. So yeah, start early on this learning process.
1: All right. I have one last question to ask to you, Aman. But before I ask you that question, I'm sure people listening to you have been inspired by your journey and um, they would start, you know, They they would probably, after listening to this, start believing in their own dreams. Um, So if they would like to reach out to you, connect to you and learn more about you, what would be the best possible way?
0: Well, um, they can visit my website, which is on my name, Amandeep uh, Thind. My surname is Thind, which is Tango Hotel India November Delta, amandeepthind.in. Or they can just type in, you know, Amandeep on Google and I'm sure, you know, my LinkedIn, my Facebook, my Instagram, my Twitter profile will will come out. Having said that, I think, you know, when you virtually see somebody, you get some glimpses of who they are, like uh, the pictures and maybe a couple of videos here and there. I would suggest if you really want to get to know me, then come and spend, you know, a couple of hours with me at one of my live events. I keep saying this, uh, that an experience is something you cannot experience without experiencing it so come and experience you know a couple of hours of empowerment motivation inspiration with me at one of my events like i'm doing you know the success mastery this saturday with firework and uh, then i will have other future events lined up for india you know then if you are in uk let's say or some part of other world you can still find me and i speak in uk and europe come and spend a day with me or a couple of hours i believe you know you will get to know me a bit better and obviously you will leave inspired so social media would be a quick platform to find me and the best way to find me a bit more would be to come and spend a couple of hours with me
1: here's the last question for you imagine that you are standing on this stage and and this is the largest stage or stadium that has ever been built in the history of the world and there are millions and millions of people on that stadium and you are there on stage and these people are eagerly and passionately waiting to listen to you. And you have been given only one minute of the time to share the most important lesson that you have learned in your life. What would be your message?
0: My biggest message to everybody would be, you know, to fall in love with un fall in love with the person they are. You know, be madly, deeply in love for the person you are because you were sent, you know, from God to be the person you are there's nothing missing in your life you're absolutely beautiful perfect and amazing in the way you are so be in unconditional love for the person you are be your biggest fan because if you're not your biggest fan you cannot expect your friends your family your parents you know your peer group to believe in them you got to believe in it to begin with so my friend love yourself for who
1: you are be your biggest fan it has been phenomenal thank you so much for being on the show man.
0: pleasure you know thank you for having me today
1: Hey friend, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Inspiring Talk. I hope you got some inspiration or learned something about loving yourself. If you did, make sure to share this message with your friends by visiting the show notes page at theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 7-4. To connect with me on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram, at BJ Speaks. And let me know what you think about this show. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you in the next. Now, go out there and do something inspiring.